Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan. Rochester. He is the publisher of Syracuse on Fan Nation. Mike McAllister joins us in the sports bar. I always like having Mike on to talk some orange athletics. Mike, appreciate you giving us some time. And, and we got to start with the men's basketball team who, hey, let's face it, uh, Tuesday, I, I, I think a lot of people were saying that spread needs to be a lot wider than it is given what Carolina did to Syracuse earlier this year. Uh, I know it's not sustainable that they're going to shoot 63% the rest of the season, but, man, that, that felt like a pretty significant win in the young tenure of Coach Red Autry. How are you, Mike? I'm doing doing quite well, and you're absolutely right. And I, I actually got asked by a lot of people, why isn't the spread larger than what it is? And, you know, I, I agreed that I thought going into it it should have been, but when you start looking at North Carolina and look at what they've done, they haven't played as well on the road as they have at home even though they have won their share of road games. And they did recently lose a game at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech isn't, isn't very good. So, and, and Syracuse has played much better at home. So that was kind of, I think, where, why the line fell where it did, is there was some expectation that Syracuse was going to play better because they were at home and that North Carolina doesn't play as well on the road. A lot of top 10 teams have lost two inferior teams on the road this year, almost in historic fashion, the number of times that's happened. So... You know, all of that combined, and it was kind of the perfect storm. And then, as you said, Syracuse played just about as well as it possibly could in order to get the win, but definitely a signature win for Coach Autry early in his career. Yeah, Mike, I'm, you know, Red Autry trying to, you know, build a program here. And I want to go back a couple weeks here because it feels like there's more to the story, although we haven't really gotten it. Um, your, your thoughts on the dismissal of Benny Williams, like the reasons for it, what do we know at this point, and, you know, how, how the team has kind of responded uh, since that move? Yeah, well, we don't know a lot of details, unfortunately, and I'm not sure that we're going to from the Syracuse side of things. I think the only way we will is if Benny decides to provide his side of the story. And and then again, you're only going to get his perspective. I don't think anyone at Syracuse is going to talk about it much. I'm not sure there's really much of a benefit for them to do so, other than to just sort of uh, curb our curiosity as much as anything. But, you know, he, he's had... Uh, several chances and and you know he he was suspended before the season started and that bled into the regular season uh we know he missed a couple of games last year with some mental health situations 
Um, and, you know, there were some incidents on the court this year, most notably at Wake Forest, when he kind of bumped into red after getting a technical. And, you know, some pe- I didn't see it, but some people said that he spit on the floor as well. And, you know, I think all of that combined, it, it, there must have been another incident, is my guess, um, after that Wake Forest game, perhaps in a practice. And it was sort of the last straw at that point. And, you know, they, there's no question that they miss his physical presence. Because when he's locked in and he's focused, he can be someone that gives them, um, you know, some size and some rebounding and some physicality inside. But at the same time, he just seemed to fall in love with wanting to be out on the perimeter, and that's not really where his strength was. So that hurts you on the court. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think the fact that they have bounced back as a team and rallied, and it would have been very easy to kind of quit given the way the Wake Forest game went. You lose to Clemson. It's a close game against a bad Louisville team, and then you get North Carolina coming in who just blew you out earlier in the season. Yeah, I think it would have been the easy route would have been, you know, sort of ho-hum, go through the motions and get through the rest of the season. But uh, credit to the coaching staff and to the players for rallying and and putting together their best performance of the season despite being severely undermanned. Yeah, Mike, you know what? That The Benny Williams uh, dismissal feels like that was very much a line-in-the-sand kind of moment for Red Autry that, that – yeah. You know, from that moment on, like, if you're not a part of what we're trying to do here, we will move on from you. And so I know how much how much Williams meant to, to the his teammates, but but we've seen these teammates, and at least to my eyes, it feels like what Red is, is trying to instill in these kids is starting to cut through. There's still some boneheaded plays that happen, and, and I think that's part of the, the growing process of a, a young team. But talk a little bit about the development of guys like JJ and guys like Judah, Chris Bell, who, you know, in that in that Carolina game, I loved it. I, I saw Bell with a wide-open shot late in the game, and rather than chuck it up there quick, you know, prematurely, realizing in the moment, no, we need to kill more time and holding on to the ball rather than taking the shot and risking missing that one. Yeah, smart play there, and I thought, um, you know, the previous two games, I remember when they were playing against Louisville, and Seth Greenberg was on the call on um, it was ESPN or ESPN2, whatever network it was, and he kept saying, Chris Bell doesn't realize how much of an impact he can have on the game outside of just shooting the ball, and how, how and, and right down the stretch of that game, Chris Bell makes a, a chase, chase from behind block, yeah. which I think two games ago, he wouldn't have done that. And then against Clemson, he had an okay shooting game, not a great shooting game, but he was in the second half especially really engaged defensively. I know they didn't win that game, but he still was. And against uh, North Carolina, again, had a decent shooting day, not a fantastic shooting day, but he was given giving all-out effort defensively in the zone and on the boards. I don't think he's ever going to be someone that's going to get you 10 to 12 rebounds a game. That's not him. But – I don't think that the consistent effort and physicality was there on that end. And the last three games or so, I think since the Wake Forest game, we've seen him be that way more consistently, even when the shot's not falling. And that's where his development comes in. J.J. Starling, look at how he was shooting the ball earlier in the season and look at what he's been doing the last eight to ten games or so. He's right around 40% during that time. So he's been much better shooting the ball, and especially that mid-range jumper has kind of come uh, becomes something he really feels comfortable with and, and has done a great job with. Judah Mintz was the most under control against North Carolina that I've seen him all season. Yeah. And I thought he did a good job of 
of when to go himself, when to set someone else up, when to slow it down. Coach Autry was fantastic at dictating tempo with his team as well. So, yeah, all of those things in the develop, they still have flaws. They're going to have flaws. They're going to struggle rebounding. They don't have the size inside because of injuries and the Benny Williams dismissal. And, and that's not going to go away. But you can make up for that with effort. You can make up for that with energy, with four or five guys crashing the board so that that discrepancy is not as large. And then what they did offensively, which is just not take bad shots. That was the biggest thing. They shot 63%. That's not sustainable over several games in a row. But what you can do is keep your percentage high by taking good shots, moving the ball, and playing together. And they did that against North Carolina. Yeah, so I'm looking at, uh, Mike, the rest of the schedule here. And again, Georgia Tech, you pointed out how they beat North Carolina. That's a team with a losing conference record. NC State, you should have a, an unbelievable atmosphere on the 24th against Notre Dame on Bayheim yep. Day. Um, and then uh, I, I guess it would be Senior Day, but whatever. It would be the last home game of the regular season against Virginia Tech. And then against a bad Louisville team on the road and against a Clemson team on the road that you just played tough. I mean, we, we seemingly play this number every year with the Orange. Like, what number <laughs> do they need to get to in terms of wins? And right now... At 16 in an ACC that, let's be honest, it's not what it once was. So right now where the Orange stand, how do you handicap their chances to sneak into the tournament this year? Well, they've, they've, by beating North Carolina, they gave themselves a shot. And so if you win out right now, I don't think anyone expects them to, especially, as you mentioned, it's a younger team. They've been up and down all season. But if they were to win the rest of the regular season games, Given North Carolina is either going to be quad one or quad two, Clemson's definitely definitely going to be a quad one win, and you're going to move well up probably into the top 60, maybe the top 50 in net rankings if you do that, and you're going to have enough road wins, enough quality wins, and enough overall wins that you should put yourself in a spot where even if you didn't win an ACC tournament game, you still feel like you're going to be on the bubble and have a shot to make the tournament. But if you're handicapping it, I think if you – you know, the the final five, six games, whatever it is, if you lose two of them, let's say you lose at North Carolina State and at Clemson, then you probably need to win two in the ACC tournament to, to feel like you, you got a shot there. Um, if you win, if you only lose one of your remaining games, let's say you figure out a way to win, either you split at North Carolina State or at Clemson, and then you win the rest of your games. Now I think you put yourself in a good spot where if you win one game in the ACC tournament, you feel like you got a good shot, and then if you win another one, you feel like you pretty much have solidified it at that point. So they, they've given themselves a shot to be in those scenarios. I think they control their own destiny, which is a good thing, is you keep winning and you'll be fine. Uh, but there's, there's no question that there's not a ton of room for error here, and so I think you'd be best served just maybe losing one at most for the, for your final regular season games and then avoid losing to one of the bad teams in the ACC tournament and, and you'll be right in the mix. But again, I think largely it's going to depend on also what a lot of these other teams do because other teams are going to win games and lose games. And so, you know, if, if a lot of the teams that you're in the mix with lose a bunch of games and you're winning a bunch of games, then obviously that's going to have everything going in the right direction. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you 
you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mike, um, we look at uh, Joe Girard doing what he does at Clemson, and it's a reminder of how quickly and how much the game is changing right before our very eyes. And Part of the job now of, of a head coach is to be more than a recruiter, more than a head coach. I mean, you have to have a, a maintain a relationship with these guys and make sure that they're doing, uh, that they're getting what they can get in order to stay a part of the program. And I, I guess I'm curious as to, you know, when we look at this roster and how young it is, and the, you know, a lot of sophomores and guys that you you hope can can be a foundation for next year, the year after that. What what do you think the likelihood is? that some of these guys are, are buying in enough that the NIL money that might be out there isn't enough to lure them away, and they might actually come back for another season next year at Syracuse? Well, I think I got some of my answer to that question because I wondered the exact same thing with how they performed against North Carolina and, and winning that game and playing as together as they did. And you saw it with you know, when Kudir Copeland wasn't in the game and the way that he was cheering for his teammates when they were making plays and, um, you know, the entire bench was engaged throughout. And so I think in even a guy like Kyle Cuff, who, you know, really hasn't played at all the last three games. And, and I think four games ago, he played only a couple of minutes kind of in garbage time. So um, he really hasn't played much at all. And yet on the bench, he was really engaged in what was going on. And all of that speaks to the culture. And so, is it realistic that everybody comes back because everybody could? Uh, no, I don't think that's realistic. But I think because of that culture and that togetherness, and there is something to say for that and players being happy where they're at and, and liking who they're playing with and who they're being coached by, I think that gives Syracuse a chance to retain a good chunk of those players. You know, if you get J.J., Quadir, Justin, Malik, um, and you keep most of your bench coming back, and let's say Judah decides he's going to the NBA no matter what, and then maybe you lose one other guy like a Monir Hema or a Peter Carey or you know someone that's sort of buried on the bench a little bit. One of those guys decides that, that they're going to leave because they want to go somewhere where they can play a little bit more. You still feel like that foundation is there, and you're going to have a lot of experience and a lot of leadership coming back. So, you know, I, I think with the way that they played, it speaks to the, the culture is about as good as it's going to get, as good as you could hope for if you're a Syracuse fan to, to keep a lot of those guys. So there's, there's no question there's going to be there's going to be pressure. Anytime you have a good player, you know, a Judah Mint, a J.J. Starling, et cetera, there's always going to be that pressure from the outside that, hey, 
if if you went into the portal, you might get some more money from from NIL situations. But I think most of those guys are doing pretty well here, so it's not like they're getting nothing. You know? Mike, uh, I'm trying to picture what uh, nine days from today will look like when Notre Dame comes in, and it's going to be the day they uh, celebrate uh, Jim Beheim. And you know, just just to let you know, I, I hated the way, and I'm sure a lot of people share this sentiment that you know the dismount for Beheim. I thought uh, this should have been done last year when you're honoring the 20 year anniversary of the championship team. It was very clumsily handled handled by everybody um, all around, but now we're here. We are a year later, and I'm just wondering: a, what you kind of expect uh, that atmosphere is going to be like coming up on Saturday of next week, and then b, I, I'm actually kind of surprised too that Bayheim. I thought there was going to be this bigger shadow, and for the most part, he's been in the background. Although he did, uh, you know, weigh in on the ACC having you know six teams in the tournament as opposed to three that Lenardi put out. Yeah, so I, I think that speaks to Beheim's respect for Coach Autry, the fact that he hasn't loomed over it. And I think he, he understands what that would be like for Coach Autry and how that really wouldn't be fair to Coach Autry to, because he wants to put his own stamp on the program. And, you know, that's not to take anything away from the way that, that Beheim ran it, but no one's going to, no two people are going to run things exactly the same. And so Beheim, I think, has been very respectful of what Coach Autry is trying to do in not being. Uh, you know, looming over the program. And I'm sure he wants to be at games, right? When he was here as the head, as the head uh, basketball coach, he went to lacrosse games, women's basketball games, football. I mean, he went to a lot of different sporting events to support the other programs and he's a sports junkie. So I'm sure, you know, he would love to be able to be there, but also understands, you know, that he, he needs to give red some space for a little bit before he can do that and not feel like he's sort of, you know, that figure overhead of, of things. So I think that speaks to, to how strong that relationship is as far as how, you know, next Saturday's game is going to be in the atmosphere. I think it's going to be fantastic. Even those that, you know, the last few years haven't gone well and said, you know what, I think it's time to move on from Bayheim. Even those that were, that were strongly in that camp, they still love what Bayheim did and respect what he did at Syracuse for nearly 50 years. You know, I, so I think it's going to be um, a really, really strong atmosphere you're going to get a, a huge crowd. You're going to get an energetic crowd. They're going to have a great video montage, I would imagine. And um, he's going to give a speech. He's probably going to get a little emotional. The crowd's going to be extremely supportive. I'm really excited to see how it is. I'm taking my son and my wife. We're going to go sit up in the in the nosebleeds and, and watch it from up there. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the atmosphere is going to be like. But um, I, I think it's going to be a, a great atmosphere and a great tribute to uh, one of the best coaches to ever do it. Mike, while we're talking Syracuse sports with you, uh, we got to get your take on what the offseason has been like here for the Orange football team. You know, we're, we like Dino Babers, but we've turned the page, and, and it looks like Fran Brown has done one hell of a job in putting together a roster that will face a schedule that looks fairly beatable in the upcoming season. What's your take? Uh, they've kept me very busy, I'll say that, uh, with all the recruiting stuff and the transfers and, and everything else. It's It's been a whirlwind, but it's been a lot of fun to cover. And, you know, to your point about Dino, I, I don't think there was anyone that didn't have any have positive things to say about Dino the guy, right? And, and he did represent the university um, off the field in an extremely, at an extremely high level, a very positive way. But you know, sometimes things run its course and it did. And I think what Fran Brown has done is he's just injected this level of energy and hype that I don't think even the most passionate, diehard, optimistic Syracuse fans could have seen 
happening where you you think about where Syracuse was even three, four months ago, and if you would have told Syracuse fans, hey, going into next year, you're going to have Texas A&M's best pass rusher, Ohio State's starting quarterback, um, one of Georgia's best young wide receivers, and also you're going to get linemen from Georgia and Alabama coming into your program, they would have thought that you had lobsters crawling out of your head, that you were, you were absolutely crazy. But yet that's what Fran Brown has been able to do. And on top of that, he's attracted five, six or so, whatever the number is, uh, four-star recruits out of high school coming in to kind of set the foundation for the program as well. It's been a lot of fun. The hype is going to be real. I'm excited to see what they look like during the spring game. But as you said, that schedule is about as favorable as you could hope for. And I think they're going to be a dark horse team to, to make a run at potentially, uh, you know, competing for that ACC championship game. And if they're able to get to that game, you win it, you're in the college football playoff. And I know that seems crazy to talk about a team that just made back-to-back bowl games for the first time in a decade. And now you're saying, are they a college football playoff contender? But the way the schedule lays out and with the talent they brought in, I don't think that that's uh, insane talk. Uh, to have that in the back of your mind as a possibility. Mike, I'm going to ask you a question that doesn't have an answer, but I, I'm I'm concerned about the future <laughs> okay. here um, the, for the ACC because if Florida State is making all yeah. this noise and gosh, I, I could I could picture a world where Florida State says, "Hey, Clemson and North Carolina and Duke, let's go over and you know what's going to be left of the ACC and." Where is where does this leave all Syracuse? And I guess if I had my wish, my wish would be just go let football do their own thing, and then every other sport goes back to being regional, and let's have Syracuse basketball back in the Big East. Uh, I think everybody, almost everybody listening, and most Syracuse fans would love that. And I, you know, I think Chip Kelly made that suggestion yeah. in, in a video that went viral earlier this past season, and. I think ultimately that's probably where it's going to end up, but you might be a decade or so away from getting there. As far as the near term goes, here's what's positive for Syracuse. doesn't seem like the SEC wants Florida State. Not really sure the Big Ten wants Florida State. So I know Florida State's trying to get out of the ACC because they think they can go somewhere and get more money, but you have to have another conference that wants you, and I'm not really sure there's another conference that covets them as much as they think they do. Florida doesn't want Florida State in the, in the SEC. That's for sure. Um, and, and so, you know, with, with how many teams these other conferences have, maybe Florida State doesn't end up having anywhere to go. I still think you're probably a, a couple of years off before all of that litigation plays, plays out. But if you're Syracuse, the best thing you can do is make yourself an attractive football program. And the way you do that, you got all this hype, right, that we just talked about. Now you have to capitalize on that. If you take that hype and you have a 9 or 10 win season where you're in the discussion of the college football playoff for a chunk of the year, even if you don't make it and you end up at a pretty good bowl game and you finish the year on a high note and, and you keep bringing in the talent from, a, from a high school recruiting and, and from transfers and Fran Brown can keep that hype going, now you make yourself attractive to uh, you know the next round of conference realignment, which is going to happen at some point. And that keeps you in the mix because until they get to that model where football is separate, Syracuse basketball is still a national brand that's very attractive to a lot of conferences. They have a lot of of strong um, other sports that are going to be attractive as well. When you think about men's and women's lacrosse, you think about men's soccer just won a national championship. Track and field is always good. I know those don't drive things, but all of that 
in a package makes Syracuse an attractive option uh, to maybe the Big Ten or the Big 12. So your best option right now is make your football program attractive, give it some national uh, hype and, and some national attention so that if the ACC does implode, you're still a school that these other conferences want. That's the best thing you can do for Syracuse. Mike, I always appreciate the time that we get to spend talking Orange Athletics. I wanted to make sure you had some time here at the end of our conversation to let our audience know about what you're doing there at uh, Fan Nation and how we can get more of your work. You can uh, go to the website, allsyracuse.com. Not only do we cover, you know, we spend a lot of time on recruiting. We cover the, the men's and women's basketball team and football, but we do cover a lot of those other sports, men's and women's lacrosse. We cover softball. We, we give you everything from Syracuse Athletics. You can follow me on Twitter at McAllisterMike1, or you can follow our website's account at SyracuseOnFN on, uh, I guess it's called X now, uh, but Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so those are the, are the primary places where you can find us and, um, you know, uh, we'll be tweeting out our articles and um, I complain about officials a lot. So if you don't like officials, <laughs> come follow me and I'll, I'll, I'll make fun of them with you. But um, yeah, those are the primary places, all Syracuse.com and then follow us on Twitter and, and uh, you know, Hey, interact with us. Tell us where we're wrong. Yell at me. But uh, you know, I love the banter back and forth. So, uh, you know, don't be strangers if, if you follow me on social media. Oh, careful what you wish for, though. You know, like I, sometimes people are yelling at me. <laughs> I I'm already like, okay, get yeah. enough. I get an, I get enough of the trolls already, yeah. so I, I can handle it. You don't know about the sports bar regulars, uh, yeah, though. Yeah. The sports bar regulars are a special bunch, Mike, and you're inviting uh, you're inviting right. chaos into your life. We appreciate you joining us and, and giving us some of your time. Enjoy your weekend, bud. Thanks, guys. You too. Yeah, Thanks, Mike. Mike. Mike, Matt, uh, Mike McAllister is the publisher of Syracuse Orange on Fan Nation, doing a great job covering Orange Athletics. Great to get his perspective on what's going on with the Orange football team here through the offseason. There's one thing I'm going to push back. <laughs> you really would have to be – everything would have to go right to talk about Syracuse in the playoff next year. Oh, you have to uh, – Everything mean, would have to be perfect. Play out that, that schedule. I mean, you have to – you have to roll undefeated. I mean, you you can't have a blemish. No, you you have to win the ACC. Yeah, you can't have a blemish. If if you had one loss and you're in the ACC championship, then that's something. But the, that right, schedule so, isn't. But it's it's it looks easy though. Like honestly, like okay, let's start off here. Uh, Ohio at home win. Georgia Tech at home should be a win. Stanford. At home. Win. <laughs> Holy Cross Win. at home. At UNLV. Yeah, you're 5-0. and oh. At NC State, who was ranked last year. Yeah, that one could okay, be that's, a challenge. Okay, there we go. So now that's... When you get into the meat of that, the schedule. That's Columbus Day weekend. You could have two 5-0 and oh teams. Okay, then uh, you get your bye week at Pitt. Got to beat Pitt. Home against Virginia Tech. Got to be Virginia. Like the, at Boston College, win. win. Yes. At Cal, I don't know what it should yeah, be a I win. Get UConn, win. And then you are at Miami. Huh. You're only playing two ranked teams. Now, both on the road, mind you. I don't see Clemson on this schedule. No. I don't see Florida State on this schedule. Right. Like, this is like the benefit of bringing these slappies leftovers from the Pac 12 in this morphed conference. Yeah. Yeah, you should be able to stack some wins there. 
I, I don't know that I would say they're college football playoff bound. That seems aggressive. You would have to win the ACC championship because, honestly, how many teams is the ACC sending? One. Uno. Yeah. yeah. One. And that ACC championship will likely be against a team like a Florida State or a Clemson. Right. The teams that you didn't see on your schedule in the regular <laughs> season. Good luck with that. Um but it is encouraging, and and I agree with everything you say in there. If you want to be prepared for the next round of realignment, conference realignment, get that football team humming and watch what happens. God, it'd be great if they get the basketball team back in the Big East. That would be so much fun to Everybody renew those rivalries. It. We would love it. Renew the rivalry with UConn. Just, oh, it'd be great. UConn, Villanova, Georgetown. It would be great. Just a college... That's a college basketball conference. It, it it went through its dark dark time, but it's back. And right now, it feels like that that is the the most fun of all the college basketball conferences. And I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying it's the most fun. What they have in the Big East is a lot of fun. Uh, all right, we got to get to uh, happy hour next in the sports bar. We got a round of shots coming up, and we'll talk to RIT men's hockey coach Wayne Wilson all before six o'clock. You're welcome to join us as well. Pull up a stool. 585-866-4FAN, 866-4326. You're listening to the sports bar with danger in Bataglia. On 957 oh, yeah. FM and AM950, the fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 